Hello, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. This is episode 331, recorded on Monday the 24th of August, and the time now is 18.13.31. Ah, yes, another episode not a Doctor Who episode for a change, though I actually do have a little bit of Doctor Who information. I'm sorry about that, it's leaking into the other podcast now. Before all of that, let's do the pre-show, and this is a bonus bit you're not going to read in the show notes. I have had a hell of a time starting the podcast today. Oh, I decided to make myself more comfortable and sit in a different chair and use a little solid-state recorder I have. And it didn't work. I think the problem is the cable, but I didn't have time to check, and all the faffing around takes a lot of time, and I was getting more and more tired and fed up. So anyway, I'm plugged into the normal console now to do the show, which is what I should have done in the first place. Serves me right for messing around with a winning formula. (laughs) That's what I like to call it. Okay, the pre-show. A few days ago, my home was hit by a very peculiar gust of wind. I'm calling it a localised tornado. Although you won't see that if you log into the Met Office or look on the BBC Weather app, because apparently it didn't exist. But believe me, it did, because it somehow penetrated the <laughs> insides of my house. So not in the rooms, but between the walls. And it blew out a bath panel and a cover downstairs that hid some exposed pipework. But it really did happen, as is attested by the rest of my week, which isn't going well, trying to fix the bath panel. Like so many fine examples of British workmanship in this house, in the dread abode of Roy, the old bath fitting was a botch job. They didn't get the height right, which does matter, because if you don't get that right, and you can get it right, because you've got these little adjusty thingies at the bottom of your bath on these legs, you can build the bath, you can build the frame, you can build it all around the wrong height, and then tile it all in, and put in the silicone, and when you've done all that, you'll realise that Bath panels tend to be a standard size, and if it's not the right height, the bath panel won't fit. And not only that, it won't fit lengthways either. Carrying on this fine tradition of British workmanship, not that I am a tradesperson, so I'm excused for my incompetence, I bought a new bath panel, I sawed off one end, and it still didn't fit. It didn't fit in either direction. I finally did get it on with some Velcro, and it didn't look too bad. And then in the middle of the night, it spoinged right off again. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I'm laughing. It really wrecked me. I've hurt my fingers from overwork. It's been a nightmare. But at least I wasn't sucked into... <laughs> 
<laughs> orbit by the apparent non-tornado that apparently did not happen, but in reality did. <sighs> and yeah, I don't have my show cider today. I was going to make myself a cup of tea, but I'm too knackered to do that now. So all I've got is a lukewarm half can of Fanta, which is fairly pathetic. Let's talk about beards, a frequent topic on this show, even though I don't have a beard. I did try regoing my goatee of youth and most of my life in honour of Roger Delgado, the original master. And it did grow back pretty quickly, but I also quickly realised that a goatee doth not make a Delgado, and so I return to being relatively clean-shaven Master Roy. Yeah, it just doesn't suit me. I've got a different chin. I've got more of a Judge Dredd chin, whereas Delgado's got more of a pointy chin, and it doesn't really work. I mean, my chin's pointy, but it's also big, too. What a pity. I'll have to be a master without the goatee. Which also means that all those years that I did have a beard, it was a rubbish beard. Okay, next. Geekly Activity. Geekly Activity is mostly down this week, as I have too much to do in the home, like fitting the bath panel from hell, and ironically... Regarding this show, I had too much to do regarding this show, which is about geekly stuff, to actually talk about geekly stuff. I'll talk about those things that I did a bit later in the after show section. Though, if you're worried that I'm running out of material, I'm not. I'm just very busy at the moment. I do have a few things on the go, though, like comics and books, so please continue to tune in. There's definitely going to be something there for you. And there's always the revisits of classic media to fill in any content gaps. And I've got a hell of a lot of extra Doctor Who still to do. Extra Who to do. Yeah, sorry about that. Where was I? Oh yeah, uh, okay, that's the pre-show section done. Let's do the show. And it's a good start to the show because I can segue almost smoothly into the next Delgado bit, and that is the slide. You can catch this little pre-Doctor Doctor Who in the form of Victor Pemberton's rejected Doctor Who script. It was, however, commissioned into a radio play by Doctor Who producer Peter Bryant, who obviously saw something in it and stars the great Roger Delgado. And it's called The Slide. The drama is currently available on BBC4 Extra, even outside the UK. Oh, and needless to say, it is a science fiction radio play. Moving on to the next pop cultural thing, Red Dwarf, The First Three Million Years. There is a new documentary on Dave in the UK. Dave is a channel, not a bloke. In fact, the channel is named after Dave Lister, the character from Red Dwarf. Just in case you're not in the UK and you don't know that bit of trivia, as a lot of listeners are not in the UK. 
It's a light and amusing documentary. I think fans of the show will like it. It only requires half your brain to pay attention and enjoy this, and that is Red Dwarf, the first three million years. As for other Red Dwarf, I don't think there's anything that I have seen that's coming, but I could be wrong. And that is the small amount of cultural stuff I wanted to talk about this week. Let's move on to technology. Emulators. Okay. Emulators are a problem for me. Because I have nostalgia for several retro computer systems and games consoles, I have, over the past, I don't know, more than 20 years, played around with dozens and dozens of emulators, everything from QEMU to MAME to all those Commodore 64 emulators, those Sega emulators, DOSBox, you name it, I've tried it, and it's never quite given me the satisfaction of using real hardware. I've mentioned often enough that I have a Raspberry Pi. I use it running Libroac, which is just enough operating system for Kodi as my set-top box. But that seems like an awful waste for a Raspberry Pi 3B+. It's far more powerful and can do more stuff. So what I tried to do, and this is the first time I've tried to do it on a Pi, was to use it as a multi system emulator. So I tried to install my Raspberry Pi with a multi-boot selection of RetroPie and RISCOS. Immediately, RISCOS refused to play with any other file systems without a lot of hacking, which I wasn't prepared to do. So instead, I settled on RetroPie and then also installed Kodi into RetroPie, which really wasn't that obvious how to do it. And I'm not a technophobe. I tend to know what I'm doing, and it wasn't that easy. When I finally figured out how to do that, it did work and everything was okay, but it's not something a beginner wants to do. I had a test game, Sonic the Hedgehog, and installed an emulator for that into RetroPie. RetroPie is like an operating system which also contains a front-end for multiple emulators, and I installed one of the Sega Mega Drive emulators to test Sonic the Hedgehog. And I found that the RetroPie resolution for my test game was good. On the other hand, playing with my Buffalo SNES clone controller was overly slippery and it just didn't feel like the original game. It didn't even feel as good as the Sega Manka Drive Mini, which I also have. So if anyone ever tells you that, oh, all these mini machines, they're just a Raspberry Pi-like thing and... You can do much better just emulating stuff. Well, think again. Also, configuring that Buffalo SNES clone controller was not that simple, although I managed to do it in RetroPie. With that being a bit of a disappointment, I did try another RetroPie-like OS, and that's Lacquer. 
because it comes as an easy install via the Raspberry Pi Noobs distribution. This was a bit easier to install and also it immediately recognized my controller, which was nice. Didn't have to do anything. On the other hand, when I finally managed to load Sonic the Hedgehog, I found the resolution for Sonic in lacquer was pants. I also found the operating system as a whole a little less intuitive if you had to do anything that wasn't automatically configured. So yeah, it hasn't been great, really. My Pi has now returned to just being a set-top media box running LibreLX again. Which, which neatly brings me on to the next topic, and that's retro hardware. The solution to not using emulators is very obvious, and that is using real hardware. I started my eBay search for parts so that I can ditch emulation for the majority of retro games and my other adventures like running old software and just playing around with systems that I have a nostalgia for. Unfortunately, I lost my first eBay bid. Nevertheless, I'm going to stick with it until I can get the hardware I need. It just may take a little time. And of course there's the budgetary constraints and a long shopping list of other things I need before I spend any money. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise that I didn't win that bid. Although I don't think so. I think the thing that I bidded for would have turned a profit if I could repair it. And I regret not bidding a little higher. I have a small HP T. 5540 thin client that I've talked about in this pod before, quite a while ago now, maybe about a year, maybe two years, three years, I'm not sure. But I have talked about that before, and I use that for DOS gaming. It actually came with Windows CE, but I put DOS on it. The only trouble with it is drivers are almost non-existent for DOS, and I still have not got music working, and I can't slow down the CPU for some games, which really is a problem. I was playing a game the other day, it just went by so fast. With those two limitations in mind, if you can stand it, it's not a bad option. But bear in mind, I bought mine on eBay for £18. That's £18 sterling, UK pounds. But due to demand, sellers are now asking extraordinarily extortionate amounts for these machines. What I'm saying is don't get ripped off buying a thin client. Unless you're happy playing only a few DOS games, probably the slightly more demanding ones, and you don't mind all your sound effects and music coming directly from the PC speaker rather than the built-in sound subsystem. Okay, that is it for technology. Don't really have anything on the creative front to talk about. Let's just say that we're in the after show section. Hey, welcome. We're in the after show section. Imagine that. 
Okay. Do you remember I said at the top of the show that I was busy doing things to do with the show? That didn't include collecting content for the show? Well, this is one of the admin things I was doing. I got myself a Discord account, and I'm hosting a weekly Discord chat for the pod every Friday at 7pm. Just go to my website, which I'll give to you at the end of the show, and click on the chat link. The second thing that occupied my time was putting up some way for listeners to contribute, should they wish, to the show. You can now support me by directly tipping me a few galactic credits by going to my website and clicking on the support link. All these links are right at the top of the page. Like I said, if you can afford to send a few quid my way, I'll be grateful. If not, don't worry about it. I just appreciate you listening. Let's talk some podcast stats now. I'm not doing badly for an average podcast, but I finally worked out why I was trending on Antennapod. Antennapod is a free open source Android podcast manager, and yes, I tend to trend on it for a geek podcast. Turns out, I'm not trending on it. What I think is happening is that the episodes are ranked according to release date and in alphabetical order. It just so happens that my podcast starts with the letter C and I have been releasing frequently, so of course I'm ranking on Antennapod. It kind of sucks because for a moment I thought, hey, I'm popular. But there you are. I am Nothing, if not honest, (laughs) to my detriment. At least without a zillion listeners, if you choose to tune in, if you choose to participate by sending in a comment or question, if you choose to chat on that Discord chat that I've just set up, you'll be part of an elite group. No, you know what? Forget I just said that. That actually sounds like a cult. Yeah, just forget that. What I'm saying is it will be a little more intimate in our chat group. Intimate? Is that the right word? Friendly. Let's just stick to friendly. No cults, no weirdness. (laughs) Okay, and with that, we have come to the end of our short show. This show that you're listening to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. That's also where you can find the new links to the chat that I've set up and my support page. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend or an enemy. I don't really mind which. And that's it. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. This was episode 331, recorded on Monday the 24th of August 2020, and the time at the end of the show is 18.39.42. Thanks for listening. And bye-bye for now. Bye.